Well, welcome to the Marty Minto Show podcast. I'm your host, Marty Minto, the informative voice for Christianity all across America. As some have called the blue-collar theologian trying to make sense of the Bible, the things that God has shared with us. As always, uh, you can hear this podcast on many different podcast platforms across the podcast community. Tell your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers, your neighbors, even your enemies about the Marty Minto Show podcast. What a beautiful day today uh, in a undisclosed secret location in the south. All I can tell you today is beautiful. It's sunshine, blue skies. Uh, it uh, It's just, well, it's not too hot, not too cold. You can't get much better than what we have right now, be honest with you. But uh, I am delighted to be with you here today. And uh, as always, thank you so much for joining with me here. And uh, I cannot stress this enough. Please, please tell everyone about the Marty Minto Show podcast and uh, tell them how they can find it. And again, the easiest place to go is anchor.fm is the home platform for the podcast, but it's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on all these different platforms uh, in the podcast community. So again, uh, tell others about it. Uh, Once again, I want to remind everybody out there uh, that this um, ministry is listener-supported, and through Anchor.fm, you can help support this ministry and be a part of what's taking place. Or if you'd like to contact me, uh, do so through email, martyminto at gmail.com. That's Marty with a Y, Minto's M-I-N-T-O, martyminto at gmail.com. And uh, I'll do my very best uh, to respond to you and connect with you, answer any questions that you may have. Well, today we continue to talk about death. And as we continue in our conversation about death, which for some, again, it's one of those conversations many people just don't want to talk about. I've met people along the way. They don't want to go there, as they tell me. But we know that death is inevitable. We know it's coming to all of us until the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But people are going to die. People die all the time. They die in many different ways, at different ages, and uh, uh, I was just watching a newscast not too long ago here, and uh, one of the uh, recent contestants on The Voice, whose coach apparently was Miley Cyrus when she did her, her stint there maybe a year or so ago, and um, she has passed away at er- age 33, which just is shocking. It just shocks everybody to think that someone, uh, some would say in the prime of life, uh, dies. But we know that death comes each and every day. As we mentioned in our last broadcast, about 50,000-plus, maybe a little over, right around that number, die each day. And again, that's 4.5 million each month, which is about the size of Los Angeles, California, as far as the population goes. And, uh, you know, people die. And I remember growing up, you know, when I used to, my mother, we used to get the local newspaper. And that time, the local newspaper I don't know how many pages it had, but it had quite a bit compared to today. Today, it's a very small, small newspaper. And um, I remember one of the things that my grandmother and then my mother did was always read the obituaries. And, you know, she would say, you know, can you believe that so-and-so had died? She would say to her mother, my mother would say to her mother, and uh, they would talk. And, you know, occasionally I'd look over and there was pictures in the obituary. Then they had their obituary. And in most cases, 
the obituary was filled with older people, elderly people. Uh, some of them living at home, uh, many of them living in nursing care facilities. But I, you know, I realized each and every time I still go back home, and there still is that obituary section, I realized that much has changed. Once again, there is uh, pictures and there is obituaries of people much, much younger. And you sit there and you're stunned about that. So as we continue to talk about this this topic of death, we just need to understand it's a reality. And again, here on the Marty Mento Show podcast, you know, we have three priorities. First of all is to learn the Word of God. We want to know what God has to say about death. We want to know what He teaches us about death. Also, number two, we're able to teach other people. We're able to share with our children. We're able to share with our friends or loved ones or coworkers or neighbors, maybe even a total stranger that may believe something that's just not true. And last but not least, we're able to defend the truth. Because in the last days, we know that there are many out there who will pop up in the midst of the visible church, and they will teach things, and they will say things. And in today's world, they will write things, they'll do videos, and you'll be all over the place. People will believe things that are just not true. Uh, So we need to defend the truth. We need to take them to the truth, expose them to the truth, correct the wrong, rebuke them if necessary. Uh, But again, we need to proclaim what is true because God is not a liar. And that's, again, those three priorities here on the Marty Mento Show podcast, Learn, Teach, and Defend. Well, as we continue in this, you know, I I told you yesterday that there are a few places that I would turn to in regards to talking about death. And um, one of the places that I want to turn to today uh, is a place that I'm sure that most of you out there may be very, very familiar with, but it's in the book of Luke. And it's Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23. And um, you may remember the scene. This was a scene where Jesus is on the cross. He is in the middle cross. There is three crosses that are up, and um, on each side of Jesus is a criminal, is an individual who is uh, being put to death Uh, because of their criminal behavior and activity, which I mentioned to you last time, very interesting that when Pilate, uh, when they brought Jesus before Pilate, who was at that time in that region the highest, most powerful um, Roman official who decided and determined whether or not someone would be crucified or put to death, he made it very plain and clear. Three times, I find no guilt in this man referencing Jesus. I find no guilt. He did, he's done nothing wrong. But the Jews got everybody stirred up and began to say, you're against Caesar, you're, you know, who was the most powerful man in all the world at that time in the Roman Empire. And the bottom line is we know that Pilate, all a part of God's divine sovereign plan, um, released one of the prisoners as according to their tradition that they did, and instead put Jesus in there. And he hung on the cross as one who was guilty, but technically he wasn't guilty. Uh, So we have Jesus hanging on a cross in the middle, and we have one on each side. And here's why I want to pick up the story real quick, because it's important as we're talking about death. And it says here, and I'm going to read from you Luke chapter 23, And um, I'm going to start here in verse 39. And one of the criminals who were hanged there was 
hurling abuse at him, meaning Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving what was deserved for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Isn't that interesting? Even a criminal recognizes that Jesus did nothing wrong, but he also recognizes his own sin, his own iniquity. He, he's, he's guilty. He deserves to be punished for what he has done. Actually, he's acknowledging that both criminals, you know, deserve this punishment. And then it says here, listen to this, the same one who's, who's making this claim, he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he, meaning Jesus, said to him, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Now, we know that going further down just a few more verses, it says, and having said Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. After having said this, he breathed his last. In other words, he died. And the truth of the matter is we learn about death, as we mentioned before, death is separation. Death is separation of the soul or the spirit and the body. And we realize that Jesus said even though we're going to die, he says to the criminal, Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. Now, paradise is really a reference uh, to heaven. It's a reference to a a garden enclosure, a, a park, but it's the place of the blessed. It is a part of God's kingdom. Uh, it really isn't a reference to heaven itself, but he calls it paradise. There's other religious belief systems that use that term paradise. But when we think of paradise, most people think of a beautiful garden. They go back to the book of Genesis and how it was when God first created uh, Adam and Eve, and they were in this garden, this beautiful place, and everything was good. But he tells this criminal, Jesus does, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, there's a lot to be said about what's going on in this story, and because we're talking about death, I don't have time to get into it and and dissect it and break it all apart, but it is obvious that this gentleman recognizes he's a sinner. He recognizes that Jesus is truly a king, and he wants Jesus to have mercy upon him and, and, and someday remember him in his kingdom. Well, basically, what he's seeking for is the forgiveness of the king, He's he's looking for Jesus' grace, his mercy to be poured out, and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. In other words, Jesus is granting to him salvation. He is going to save him. He is going to rescue him. So when we think about being a believer, a child of God, we think about when we die, we are going to be in the presence of God. Again, I I can't stress this enough. This is so important in Luke chapter 23. He said, again, distinctively and clearly, today you shall be with me in paradise. So 
So there's a lot of people that believe a lot of different things about when people die, what happens. There are some people that believe when you die, uh, you just go into a sleep. Because quite often in the Bible, death is referred to as sleep. But again, to understand that correctly is to understand that what is there in the grave in death is just a body. But what takes place with the soul, which is eternal, is a departure. In this case, for those who are believers, or in this case truly uh, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus himself, uh, he was going to, he promised this man, today you'll be with me in paradise. You're going to be in paradise. And so, you know, again, some people believe that when you die, different things take place. Some believe that you go to a waiting place, a holding place, a place where you're purified, a place where uh, you're prepared to enter heaven. Uh, there are some belief systems, like the Roman Catholics, that would teach about purgatory. Well, right here in this passage would denounce purgatory would denounce because Jesus could go into heaven because he is the son of the living God. He was without sin. He was pure. He was perfect. But this this criminal wasn't. This criminal was a guilty sinner. He even admitted it. But Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, some have tried to say, well, maybe he had to go through purgatory in order to get there. Well, that's just not true. The bottom line is simply this. There's no such place as purgatory. There's no such place as a holding place like you're going with your ticket and you're waiting for your train to come, the gospel train, the heavenly train, or for whatever to take you to heaven. When you die and you literally give up your soul, the spirit, you give up the ghost, whatever translation you may be using, your soul is going to go to its eternal place, its eternal destination. And I'll show you both sides in just a moment, but it happens instantaneously. There is no prolonged event. That's why Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Let me give you another example of this. Luke chapter 16, which we're going to deal with in quite in depth, is the story of uh, the rich man and a gentleman by the name of Lazarus. And Lazarus was a poor man. But the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 16, verse 22, now it came about that the poor man died. Okay, he's dead. He's going to give up the ghost, the spirit. His soul is going to depart from his body. And it says here, and he was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, let me just stop there for just a moment. So in this particular case, and some have wondered, does it happen with everyone? I'm not sure, but in this particular case, angels. Now, some could say, well, when we die, maybe the angels do escort our soul, our spirit, into heaven. And again, Abraham's bosom is another uh, reference to heaven itself. Uh, there's different references used in the Bible that refer to heaven. So we have paradise, we have Abraham's bosom, we have the word heaven, and so they, they all really mean the same thing. It's to be in the presence of God, to be in that place that God has created, where God himself, uh, though God is spirit, we know that Jesus, the King of kings, is sitting upon the throne at the right-hand side of the Father, that, that place of prominence and authority. But my point here is, in death, if you are a believer and you die, you are immediately going to be in the presence of Almighty God. 
Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this and I begin to study this, it, it really gives me uh, not just hope, but it gives me assurance. It gives me peace. Um, it, uh, it, it really helps me to understand those who've went before me who have believed, have put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ and him alone, just as the man on the cross next to Jesus, a thief who was repentive, Lazarus, who also was a believer, who walked by faith in God, even though he was poor and he was a beggar, etc. The bottom line is, the truth of the matter is, these individuals went immediately into the kingdom of God. Um, and this is important for us to understand. There's so many references in the Bible uh, when it comes to what I said once again, giving up the ghost or going to the fathers. Uh, putting off this tabernacle talks about in Second Peter means putting, taking off the flesh and the and the soul, the spirit departing. Uh, Jesus made mention of uh, of the parable of the man who wanted to build more barns and do more things, and God made it clear to him that this night your soul was going to be required of you. Um, the Bible talks about in the book of Job going to that place where there is no return. Um, it, it just you know there's really mention um, time and time again in the Old and the New Testament of this departure. So we understand and we have to understand that this is a part of dying, that the soul, our spirit within us, the same thing, is going to go into eternity. It is going to return uh, to God, or actually it's going to end up in its eternal place. And again, God being the ultimate final judge and authority. So in the midst of this, the one who determines we are going to go either into judgment when we die or into his wonderful, uh, blessed presence where God's glory is, where where, where we're going to worship, where we're going to celebrate, we're going to be in the midst of the King of Kings forever and ever. So again, death as a believer is a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And today I spent some time and I was trying to look through passages of Scripture just to see once again this reality, because the Bible talks once again an awful lot about death. I just don't think we understand how much the Bible actually talks about death. And that sometimes is troubling to me, because I think what we do is we miss out on the blessing of understanding what is awaiting for us. Because again, as I've said this before, most people think of death in a horrible way. And rightfully so, and we'll get to that, but probably not today, if you're not a believer, if you have not put your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation, for him to save you, to forgive you, to reconcile you to God, it is a horrible thought. It's a frightful thought. It's a fearful thought. And the truth of the matter is, remember, Jesus only said this to the one of the criminals. Why? Because the other criminal is hurling insults at him. He's, he's, he's mocking him, saying, hey, listen, you think you're the king or you're, you're the Christ? You're the one? You have this power? You're the son of God? Whatever it may be, save yourself, but save us. Show us. Isn't that interesting that so many people want God to prove something to them. I, I, I think this is interesting when I was looking through this. Even somebody who's on their deathbed, like this criminal hurling insults, they want proof. 
They want proof. They want evidence. And the truth of the matter is, the Bible tells us very distinctively and very carefully and clearly that unless we listen to the prophets, unless we listen to the Word of God, the gospel that is being preached, even somebody coming back from the dead will not convince us. See, there's people that believe that. Or I've had people say to me, you know, before, if if God really exists, and God saves my mother here on the deathbed preacher, or Marty, if God does this or that, I'll be a believer. No, you won't. That's a lie. And I base it upon Scripture, because it's not based upon the evidence of something that we see. Now, evidence, you know, when Jesus walked the face of the earth was important because it pointed to who he was, but truly faith, which we call saving faith as Christians, is a gift from God. And saving faith is believing and entrusting yourself, as I mentioned in another podcast, to Christ and Christ alone, that he's the only one that could save you. He's the only one could rescue. Obviously, this one criminal didn't believe that. I mean, let's just be honest. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it in it whatsoever. But the one did. So my point, once again, is those who believe are going to be in God's presence forevermore. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible says about the death of those who believe. It says in Revelations 14, verse 13, that they're blessed. Um, It tells us in Psalms 23 that God is with them. Uh, It tells us that they're going to be led to Christ's presence in 2 Corinthians 5, Philippians 1. They're going to be comforted in Luke's chapter 16. They're going to receive the crown of life in 2 Timothy 4 and Revelation 2. Uh, It it talks about the place of rest in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, It talks about the fact that uh, those who are uh, the saints of God, those who believe, uh, are precious in God's sight, Psalms 116.15. Um, it, it talks about, uh, again, uh, we're just blessed, period. Why? Because we're going to be with God forevermore in that wonderful place where there is no sin, no more sorrow, no more tears, pain, heartache, death. Uh, we're going to be in the presence of God. So, you know, a lot of people wonder, why as Christians are we always talking about this issue? Because we want people to understand that death is a reality to everyone. But the key is, what is going to happen to you when you die? What is going to take place? And again, this particular believer was going to be in paradise with Jesus. Lazarus was carried away by the angels into the bosom of Abraham, which is another reference to heaven. The bottom line is, when those who die believing and trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone for their salvation— They are going to be in the presence of God. They are going to be in a place of bliss. They're going to be in a place of of rest. They're going to be in a place of peace. They're going to be in a place of joy. They're going to be in a place of of great things, good things, wonderful things. Um, And and that's why the Apostle Paul, in like in Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, said, really, dying is better. Because if we die, we are going to be in the presence of God as a believer. So for a believer to die is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. A lot of people have talked about that, too, and I I think it's true. When we think about mourning, those people that 
we should mourn their death and their loss as those who don't know Christ. That's when we should mourn. But in essence, can we really mourn because it doesn't do us any good because they're already gone? But on the flip side of the coin, when we have someone who dies in Christ, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, there should be joy, there should be celebration. There should be a gladness of understanding that to be, you know, away from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. We find that in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. Um, you know, Revelation again, fourteen thirteen says, Blessed are those who die in the Lord. Um, the bottom line is, if we die as a believer, we have so much more to look forward to. We have the reality of God's promises that are given to us. And that's why I think even studying about heaven and about hell, about God's glory versus God's wrath, is so important. The other day I was sitting in Dunkin' Donuts, one of my favorite places to go, and I was listening to some older folks, retired folks, talking about they went to visit a church. They had their own home church, but they went to a, a church, and they were very troubled because the preacher in the pulpit was apparently preaching hellfire and damnation. They were upset about that. They didn't like that. Now, I, I got to be honest with you, too. I'm not into preachers that, you know, hoop and holler and pound pulpits and scream and sweat and pace back and forth and jump up and down and skip a pew and <laughs> do all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, by the way, I don't ever see Jesus doing that. I don't see the, the apostles doing it. I don't think we need to do it. What we need to do is we need to open the words of life, the words of truth. We need to share them. We need to teach people. We need to proclaim the gospel, the truth. But during the conversation I was, I was listening, I, I really began to realize what the issue was. The issue was not necessarily the style of the preacher, even though that was somewhat bothersome. What was more bothersome to those listening was the message itself. And I find this very interesting because, once again, we live in a time, and there's nothing new underneath the sun, but we want to believe, and just as I said to you on another podcast, uh, another show that we did, everybody seems like they get to heaven. You, you know, I, I don't, I have never, ever been to a funeral, ever, where someone has said, you know, it's a good possibility this person right now is suffering, they're in hell, and I just want to let you know that. No. It's like, just like preachers seem to tell everybody, you're saved, welcome to the kingdom, they also make it clear that everybody who dies is somehow in heaven. They were a good person. They deserve, or heaven is a better place because they're there right now. Which you and I know, or if you study the Bible, you'd have to know that's not true. That's just not true. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about the wrath of God. He talked about hell. He talked about the judgment of God that was coming more than he did heaven itself. So I would tend to believe, once again, Jesus, who is the creator of all things, he is the giver, sustainer, the taker of life. I could go on and on. He is the head of the body of Christ, the body of the church. I mean, he's God. If anyone would know anything about eternity, about heaven, about hell, about wrath, about glory and bliss and joy, and the list goes on, I, I would think we would pay attention to Jesus. He knows. 
Not to mention he experienced death, but he conquered death. And we'll get to that, too, later on in another podcast. But the bottom line is, I, I look at all this different, all these different things here, and I, and I hear people say that, and they want to always believe that everybody's in heaven. And that's just not the case. But the truth of the matter is, for people that are believers, there is a guarantee, a promise that is given to us by God. And those are the promises, that's the hope that we hold on to. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We believe that when we die in Christ, we are going to. Uh, I believe it says the Scripture refers to as a twinkling of the eye. It's, it, it's good, the change is going to happen so fast, or where we're going to be is going to be so fast. It's not like we're taking an airplane ride or bus trip or we're walking or on a motorcycle or in a car. The bottom line is we're going to close our eyes in this world, and we are going to open them up in eternity. And I believe it's instantaneous. I believe it's going to take place that quickly. But the truth of the matter is, that's the hope that believers have. Believers have this hope. And matter of fact, what's interesting, too, when you study God's Word, you begin to see, like, for instance, even from Luke chapter 16, something about uh, the fact of Lazarus dying that I think sometimes gets overlooked. And that is, the reality is that God tells this, or Abraham tells this rich man, listen to these words. Abraham said in verse 25 of Luke 16, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. Now I'll talk about that later in agony. He's being comforted. See, when we think of heaven, when we think about leaving this world as a believer, as a child of God, the place that we're going to, we are going to find comfort. We're going to find peace. There's not going to be what was before. And as I mentioned before, too, and I continue, in this world, Jesus even said, we'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. I mean, this world is filled with heartache and pain and sorrow. It's, it's horrifying. But at the same time, when we look at death, as a believer, we've looked upon death from the wrong perspective. Because death should be that which is horrifying, that which is fearful, that which is terrifying, that which is gloomy and dark, that which is not good, because death is truly the judgment of God. And death comes upon those who truly deserve God's judgment. Now, that's why all men die. Why? Because we all deserve God's judgment. But however, because of placing our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ, we are not going to experience the judgment of God. We are, yes, physically, we are going to give up the ghost. We're going to give up the spirit. The soul's going to depart. We're going to give our last breath. Our heart's going to beat its last beat, and 
we are going to close our eyes in this world, and our body is going to return to the dust of the earth. We, we are going to start to deteriorate, and we are going to be in the ground, or some people are, you know, cremated, whatever the case may be, and there are those who die out in sea, and their bodies can't be found. Some are burned, and they can't be—I mean, we go on on, but the truth of the matter, as a believer, this is the point. The point as a believer is, is we don't have to fear death, because fearing death is fearing the judgment of God, and as a believer, we're no longer underneath that condemnation. We're not condemned anymore. We're no longer guilty. We have been forgiven. We have been set free. We have been reconciled. We've been changed. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That is a guarantee of God's promise. When you die, you're going to be with me. You're going to be in paradise. You're going to be in Abraham's bosom. You're going to be in heaven. You're going to be in my kingdom as an adopted child of mine, you're going to be a co-heir. You're going to inherit as a co-inheritor with my son, my only begotten son, Jesus Christ. So when I look at this and I think about this, once again, I think as believers, and again, I'm not covering every aspect of death for a believer. I, I could share so many more verses and go further with it, but I just want you in this short podcast to get an understanding we don't have to be afraid unless you're not a believer. Unless you not put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you should be greatly afraid of God. You should be greatly afraid of what's coming, but not for the believer. Because for the believer, you know the best thing, the best thing, as Paul put it, is to leave here and go be with the Lord. To be absent is to be present with him. From this body, then be present with him. That's why when I think about all those who went before me, I think about certain relatives, Sunday school teachers, pastors, people I've known over the years that I really believe with all that is within me that they have put their faith, their trust in Christ and Christ alone. They are right now being comforted. They're in great joy. They are celebrating in the presence of the Lamb of God. They are in a place of bliss. And, re- and someday I'm going to be re- reunited with them. But that's not the case for others, and we're going to get into that. And we're going to talk more about death because there's still some things that people believe about death that are just not true. But I'm going to continue to share some of these things, challenge you to open the Word of God and to study for yourself. Again, this is not an exhaustive uh, podcast on these topics. But if I challenge you to think and challenge you back to God's Word to learn what God says, then once again, I I think that we're on our way to accomplishing what this podcast is all about. But as a believer, death, there is no victory. It's, It's what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when Paul talks about the reality of what is going to take place when he says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he died just as we're going to die. But on the third day, he rose again from the grave. He was victorious. He conquered death and sin. 
He is the God-man, the Son of the living God. He is the Christ, the Messiah. He is our hope. He is our victory. He is our all in all. And when we place our faith, our trust in him, our hope is when we again close the eyes here, we are going to open them before him. We are not going to experience the judgment of God. We're not going to experience that which is condemning because we're no longer under condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Those who are in Christ no longer, (laughs) no longer guilty. We're going to be with him. And I can tell you right now, folks, look at this more carefully and clearly as you study God's Word. As we come back again for other podcasts, as we continue in this series, we're going to look about what the Bible has to say, what God has to say about those who are not believers. If I were to give you some hints, you should be quite concerned. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to know more about Jesus Christ, you want to know more about this man called Jesus, email me, martymento at gmail.com. Open the Bible. Study the book of John, the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Study it, because God used John to write what he wrote so that men may believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God, and by believing in him, you would have eternal life. But we're going to find out about the rich man and what took place when he died. We're going to talk about others, too, so hold on tight for more episodes, more shows of the Marty Minto Show podcast coming your way, and uh, we're going to continue again in conversation. Again, don't forget, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell everyone you know about the Marty Minto Show podcast. Again, it is a blessing, as always, to be with you here. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. May his face truly shine upon you.